Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Can you, does it feel like it's the new year? Is it already like way into 2023? We are eight days into this new year, and uh, I don't know how you feel. I am hopeful about the remaining 357. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, what is to come in this next year. Um, now, th if you don't know this already, there are millions and millions of people every year who make New Year's resolutions. People who make resolutions every year hoping to spark some kind of positive change in their lives. There are thousands of, of different resolutions that people come up with. Uh, maybe you've made some. Maybe you've made some resolutions. Um, there are obviously some recurring themes that I've noticed throughout my years of, of paying attention to New Year's resolutions. Uh, themes such as, I want to get healthy. So people start thinking about the fitness track. Or people saying, I want to get my finances in order. So they uh, buckle down and they start looking at their budgets and they start trying to work on their finances or, or saving plans. Some people want to create new skills or they want to take on new jobs or new goals so they can grow professionally or personally. And so um, there are a lot of different uh, goals that people set for their New Year's resolutions. According to GoSkills.com, these, these are the top 10. It's a little small to see, so I'll read them for you. These are the top 10 goals for 2023. And this is what it says. It says, exercise more is the number one. Lose weight is number two. Get organized is number three. Number four, learn a new skill or hobby. Five, live life to the fullest. Six, save more money, spend less money. Seven, quit smoking. Eight, spend more time with family and friends. Nine, travel more. And 10 is to read more. Those are the top 10 2023 resolutions. Now, maybe your resolution is on this list. It could be that your resolution is there. And if that's great, that is awesome. Uh, these are the top most popular of millions and millions of people. But there's one more resolution that I would like to add as a people of faith. As a church and a group of people who are striving to grow in their faith, I would like to add one more uh, resolution to this list, and this is the one I'd like to add. I'd like for us in 2023 to add connect with God. I would love for that to be one of our collective resolutions, something that we can all do together, something that we can develop this year. Here's something I find fascinating. As of the latest numbers, the, the census numbers for our town, there are 54,880 people within walking distance of where I stand right now. Within walking distance, there are 54,880 people. In our town, we have 26 churches. We have two Jewish synagogues. We have one Hindu temple and one Muslim mosque. According to a study, a recent study, 58% of our town is religious. 58% of our town is religious. This means that approximately 31,000 individuals are worshiping in one of those locales in any given time frame. On a regular basis, 31,000 people are worshiping on a regular basis. Now, now look around you. Or if you're online, just imagine with me for just a second. Imagine how many people are worshiping in Wayne, New Jersey on a regular basis. Do you think it's 31,000 people? 
I don't think it's 31,000 people. No matter how you do the math, people are not attending uh, churches and synagogues or temples and mosques. They're not attending these places like they once did. There's a great divide. There's a great divide between people saying that they have faith and people connecting with their faith through community. There's this great divide between this reality. The title of this new message series for this new year is, What Does the Church Have to Offer Me? What does the church have to offer me as a person of faith, or even if you are a a person not of faith, what does the church have to offer you? Because what the church actually offers and what people believe the church offers are actually very, very different. They're different realities. And so this morning I'd like to pray and let's talk about what I mean by this. Let's pray together. God, I pray for your church. I pray for all of us here, those of us who are listening, those who are uh, receiving this as a podcast, God. I pray that we together would understand more what the church has to offer us, what you've intended the church to be for us in this world. And Lord, help us to live that out in our lives, we pray. Help us to connect with you more in this new year. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, years ago, there was uh, a person uh, who once told me that they didn't have time for church. They said, I I don't have time for the church. This woman saw herself as a Christian. She said, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus, but I don't see the need to go to church. I don't think I need to go to church. In her mind, the church were a bunch of people who were, what? You guys know the answer. They were a bunch of, just say it out loud, a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, you guys know the answer. That's what she felt. She felt like the church was a bunch of hypocrites. In her mind, she could literally just go into the woods. She could read her Bible. She could commune with God in nature, and she didn't need the church. And over the past 20-some years of ministry, I've heard that statement over and over and over again from a variety of different people. Usually, it is because someone is hurt by the pastor. Someone has been hurt by something the pastor says or something the pastor does. Or the person is frustrated by a decision that someone in leadership makes. They're impacted negatively by gossip or a bad decision by one of their friends in the pews. Effectively, a person has some bad experience and they write off the church. And they think, I can go on being a Christian, right? I need Jesus, but I don't really need the church. Maybe you've heard that too. I know I need Jesus, but you know, I like Jesus, I just don't like his church. Well, a few years ago, I was listening to a pastor on a podcast, and this idea of, I don't need the church, I just need Jesus to be a Christian, it came up in the podcast. And the pastor said this, he said, it's true, we need Jesus to understand God. We need Jesus to understand God, but God has given us the church to better understand Jesus. I thought, that's interesting. The Bible says that Jesus sees the church as his bride. And he loves the church so much that he gave his life up for the church. Imagine, if you will, that you got married. And imagine that uh, you get married, and after your wedding day, after this wonderful celebration, this wonderful day of getting married and the party and the festivities, at the end of that day, you look to your spouse and you say, hey, See ya, that was fun. And you go off traipsing into the woods. 
not to live with your spouse, not to build a relationship there, but you just say, I'm going to go off into the woods, never to interact with your spouse. You've, you've, you've got married, right? Would, that, would you be married at that point? Yes, the document says, the, the pastor sealed it, the, the clergyman said, yes, I'm, a pa- I, I'm married. Would that be a marriage? Yes, it would be, you would be married. But would it be a marriage? No. On paper, you'd be married, but would it be a marriage? There's not a person who's ever been married would say that your spouse living in the woods never to connect with you is a marriage. Marriage requires relationship. Do you need the church to have a personal relationship with Jesus? No. You do not need the church to have a personal relationship with Jesus. But there's value beyond measure in what the church has to offer you as you choose, as you choose to connect with God. More than 20 years ago, Pastor Rick Warren penned the words, you are called to belong, not just believe. Even in the perfect, sinless environment of Eden, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. We are created for a community, we are fashioned for fellowship, and we are formed for a family. And none of us can fulfill God's purposes in our lives by ourselves. You are called to belong, not just believe. While it's true that your relationship with Jesus is personal, it is not private. God never intended our relationship with him to be private. In God's family, in the church, we are connected to every other believer, and we belong to each other for all eternity. So yes, there's brokenness. And yes, people in the church are going to make mistakes. They will let you down, and you will be hurt. But that is the nature of all relationships. You will take a risk when you enter into a relationship. And before you get the idea, well, maybe I just don't need that relationship. Yes, you do. We all need each other. Broken, fallible, hurting as we are, we need each other. We are so much stronger together than any one of us is by him or herself. We can encourage each other. We can be lifted up and pray for each other in troubled times. Your faith is personal, but it isn't supposed to be private. The church is God's plan for making his love for humanity known. I'm not sure who's listening to this today. If you're here in the church or you're watching online, you know that you're a part of this community. But you could be listening to this as a podcast halfway around the world. And to everyone, I say, please find yourself a local church community. The Bible tells us that a Christian without a home is like an organ without a body. It's like a sheep without a shepherd or a child without a family. It is an unnatural state. You belong in a church community with other people who are believing and following in Jesus' footsteps. In a few weeks, as I said, we're going to offer a membership class, not in November, but in February. February 5th is our membership workshop. It's a time to talk about what membership means. And so if you're not already a member and you want to have a deeper connection with the church, please come check it out. Come check it out on on February 5th. When you're in a church community, it can be scary. 
it can be scary to be in a church community because you're making your faith public by saying, I go to church. When you say, I go to church, it, you're making your faith, your faith public. But by connecting with a, com a community, a local community, you're identifying as someone who follows Jesus. And that might be scary, but there are so many benefits that come with that decision. Number one, being a part of a church family means you're no longer on your own and isolated, but you have people who got your back. You're part of a tribe. You're part of a group, a gathering of people who meet regularly for the same reasons you do, to connect with God and to connect with others. A church family will help you build your spiritual muscle. If you want to get stronger, right? if I want to get stronger, I can't go to the gym, walk through the doors, watch all the people on the treadmills and using the machines, and then walk home and be like, yeah, I'm stronger now. It doesn't work like that. I can't just walk into a gym and by osmosis receive the strength of all the people who are doing that work. You can't do that. Likewise, the people who connect with God this year, the people who make that resolution and want to connect with God this year are not the ones who are just going to show up on Sunday, they're going to sit and attend, and then they're going to go home. The ones who connect with, or, or even watch online and just absorb it, taken for an hour on Sunday and receive, that's not how we are able to grow. That keeps you somewhat connected. You're looking in the right direction, but there's, there's so much more benefit to be a part of a connected body. The ones who connect and grow in maturity are going to be the ones who participate in the local church. They get involved. They serve on a team. They help where they see a need. They, they take time to laugh with friends in the lobby, and they join growth groups when they're offered. Only by sharing your life with others and letting others share their life with you can you actively connect with God. Through a church family, you can share Jesus' ministry with the world. Just like our faith isn't meant to be private, what we do in a community isn't just for us. It's not just for us. We want to share what we have found with the world. That's the whole point of forging a relationship with God, with each other, and with our community. We want to share what we found with the world. So as you grow stronger and as you grow more mature, you're more confident in what you believe. As you're more confident in what you believe, you engage the world sharing your faith. And you're more willing to tell others about what you have found out in the world. And as a church family, you can help, a church family, another benefit of the church family is to help you navigate the dangers of the world. None of us is immune to temptation or to anxiety or to stress. We come in contact with those things every single day, and God literally commanded us to lean on and help one another as we go through difficult times. The church is designed to have your back, and you are here to have the back of the people around you. So what does the church have to offer you? Through your church, you are given an opportunity to love. You are able to see love in action, and you are able to participate in loving others. The world is craving love. You know this. You see it out around you. The world is craving love. People are looking for love in every crack and every crevice. They are desperate to be loved. God is love. And the church, even though we haven't always done it right, 
even though we haven't always done it well. The church is the bride of love. We're the bride of love. John chapter 13, verse 35, is the scripture on the card that you were handed this morning when you walked through the door. And that's a card that I hope you'll take with you and refer to over the course of this next week. And for those of you who are online or those of you who are uh, getting this on a podcast uh, later, I just want you to know this is what John 13, 35 says. It says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. The church has the opportunity to love. That's what the church has to offer you. The opportunity to love others, to understand love, and to give love. Through us, the world should, should receive and experience more love than it can find on any other place on the planet. The world should experience the love of God through the church more than anywhere else on the planet. But if we are disconnected, if we are disgruntled, if we're apathetic in the way we connect with each other, neither we nor the world will ever experience what we have to offer. The biggest difference between a person who attends a church community and someone who belongs to a church community is the word commitment. That's the biggest difference. A person who belongs to a church as someone who is committed. As, as people of God, we belong to a community. Author C.S. Lewis said it this way. He said, the idea of membership, membership, the concept of membership is actually a Christian idea. It actually has its roots in our history. The word membership has its origin in our history, but the word has emptied itself of all of its original meaning. Today, stores offer you membership to be a part of their club. If you sign up, you'll get unlimited coffee all this month. It's un- it just become a member. And in the church, the church has reduced membership to simply saying, well, your name is on our rolls. You're now a member. That's all membership means without any expectation of requirement to do or to participate or to be involved in the community. But to the first Christians, to the very first Christians in the church, being a member of the church meant they were a vital organ of a living body. They were a vital organ of a living body. You were interconnected with all the other parts. When those first Christians shared in communion, when they spent time together sharing in communion, they understood that they were connected by their faith with all the other members of God's church, past, present, and future. Together, the flawed body of Christ, the brokenness that was involved in the humanity of people, they had the opportunity to love even in their brokenness. To love God, to love each other, and to show God's love to the world. And that's the same understanding that we have thousands and thousands of years later. If we can just capture the essence of that once again, we can recapture the idea of what connectedness means this year, 2023. Let this be a year for us to connect together as a church the way God intended us to do. Connected to God, connected to each other. What we do this morning together is we remember the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us. And by faith, we understand we are connected to Jesus. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit of God so that we can come together as a church and reflect 
God's, world, God's love to the world as we walk out those doors. What does the church have to offer you? If anything else, the church has to offer you the chance to become something bigger than yourself. The church gives you the opportunity to connect with God, to grow as a person, and then to share, to share who you are with others, the love of God with others. And so as we come to communion today, I would ask for you to think on this message. What does the church have to offer you? What does this table have to offer you? It has to offer you the opportunity to come and to receive the love of God, to understand what Jesus did for you and for me, to take that personally, but then publicly demonstrate that out in the world with our lives. That is what we have the opportunity to do. And so I would like to ask that you pray with me as we pray for uh, the ability to understand God's love in our lives and share that with others. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this table that is set before us. We thank you for it. It is abundant love in our lives. And Lord, we pray that as a church, we would connect with you this year. We would add to our resolutions that week after week, we would come together here in this place. And Lord, our goal would be to connect with you and to connect with each other so that we can connect with the world. And so Lord, we thank you for this table that is set before us, this table of grace, this table of forgiveness, this table that reminds us that you died for us, not because we were worthy, but because God, we were unworthy. And in our unworthiness, you still loved us and you shared that love with us and you gave us new life. And so Lord God, we pray that you would take this opportunity that we have now to be at this table that we would share together with you in the connectedness that you have given to us. Lord, may this, uh, these elements of bread and juice, Lord, become for us spiritual food and nourish our souls. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I want to share with you what we know from Scripture, that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks to God, he broke the bread, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take and eat, for this is my body which I'm giving for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of your sins. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And so now wherever you are, whether you are here in this place, if you are online, if you are somewhere else, I encourage you now to take the body and blood of Jesus Christ given for you, take and eat with thanksgiving in your hearts. And let's pray. God, through this act, we are connected with you, with one another, with saints from the past, present, and the future. We are so thankful, God, for this table of love that is set for us. And Lord Jesus, we ask that you would be with us as we uh, internalize this meal, as we share together in our faith. Lord, as you empower us by your Holy Spirit, as we go out into the world, Lord, help us, nudge us, 
encourage us to make our faith public. Lord, help us to understand that you want to be seen through us and through your church. So, Lord, we receive your love with gratitude, and we ask, God, that you would encourage us and strengthen us to share uh, that love with others. And we pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.